Welcome to Table Talk. It's Betsy Thompson. So excited for you to be here with us for just honest conversations and getting to meet new friends. Y'all, this is Ron Burton. We're so excited that you are able to come and hang out with us today. It's going to be super fun. Oh, very glad. glad. Thanks for asking me. Absolutely. So right now in this season for Table Talk, we're going through and getting to meet all of our pastor search team members. And um, if this is your first time to watch Table Talk, know that you can go back and watch those previous um, interviews and conversations. Uh, I would especially encourage you to watch uh, Luke Wilbanks because he really dove into the process um, as the chairman of that team, the process of what that search team is doing. And um, as we're continuing to talk with the rest of the team, really, we, we want to get to know them. And so if you want a little bit more detail about the process, go back and watch Luke Wilbanks' uh, Table Talk. So, Ron, I thank you so much for coming in. Sure. I appreciate you taking the time. And one of the things we've talked about a lot with the search team people I've got to visit with is time. Y'all have given, are giving, are going to give, have committed to giving a lot of your personal time. Uh, Sunday afternoons for a couple hours. We know y'all have done some trainings on Wednesday nights and different things. Um, How are you handling that? How is your family processing that? How are y'all walking through like, hey, this is a big commitment? Okay. Yes, it is a big commitment. And I just consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to do this. Yeah. And just humbled by the fact that I was asked to do it. And to put uh, two hours in between two and four on Sunday's afternoon, that's really not that much of a time commitment for me. I mean, I'd I'd probably be taking a nap or something. I know. That's what we said. We took everybody's Sunday afternoon nap away. Watching a a game on TV or something like that. So uh, I'd rather be doing this than helping out and serving my Lord and my church. And uh, just make it a lot, lot better. But two yeah. to four is not that big of a commitment, but yeah. it really is. It's something that we take seriously. Yes. And we want to put everything we have into it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, I just feel it's a privilege. That's awesome. Well, we thank you so much for okay. doing that. So, okay, so let's get to know you a little bit. Tell okay. us a little bit just about your family and your life. Okay. Um, we just want to get to know you some. Okay, sure. Well, my name is Ron Burton, and I originally grew up in uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico. Oh, and is so, that like Carlsbad Cavern? Yes. yes okay, yes. cool. Yeah, that's primarily where I grew up. Went to high school there. Okay. And, and uh, graduated back in, uh, gosh, 1975, so okay. a few years ago. That's but, the year I was born. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm showing my age here. No, me too. It's okay. But from there, I went to uh, South Plains College in Leveland and played tennis. I was a tennis player. No way. So that's so fun. I had a tennis fun. scholarship. And from there, I went to Texas Tech, and that's where I met my wife. Okay. My wife, Cindy. And we've been married now for 42, going to be 43 that's years amazing. in July. So Now, is she a Texas girl? She is. Okay. Yeah, okay. She grew up in uh, Amarillo. Actually, okay. Panhandle, the okay. little town of Panhandle. Oh, wow. So there's a yeah. town, not there just is. an area. That's okay. There is. That's yes. cool. By, uh, by Amarillo. Right. So that's where we met. That's was at awesome. Texas Tech. Okay. And, and uh, we started off in our marriage. Uh, actually, when I asked Cindy to marry me, she didn't know this, but uh, uh, they asked me for my job where I wanted to go, and it was with a St. Paul Insurance Company. Hmm. And I, since I graduated from Texas Tech, they said, well, we have the job for you. And I said, that's great. And they said, well, we've got one problem. We can't do it here. We've got to transfer you somewhere. Okay. So I thought, okay, where where we want to go? Where are you going to transfer me to? Yeah. Great Falls, Montana. <gasps> so I had to look on a map thinking, oh, my gosh, where, where is, is I know where Montana is. Yes. I don't know where Great Falls is. So uh, I told Cindy, I said, hey, 
we'll get married, but here, we got to go up to Great Falls, Montana. Wow. So we did that. But that sounds beautiful. It was. It yeah. was. Actually, we took our honeymoon trip up that way. Just to go see where are we going to be living? Yeah. Well, that was our trip moving from <laughs> okay. uh, Texas up to Great Falls. Wow. And so that's that was our honeymoon trip. That's so, cool. And it was paid for. That was that, a great thing. The company paid for it. That's so nice. That was, that was a blessing. How yes, long did y'all live in Montana? We were there only eight months. Okay. Yeah. Got back to Texas as soon as I really? could. Really? So, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We learned, learned a lot up there. That's the great thing about we got to start our marriage off. Yes. Just her and I. Mm-hmm. There was no family. We didn't have any friends. We right. had to rely upon each other. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other very well. And uh, it was just a, a blessing looking back. But it was quite an experience. I learned what a headbolt heater was. I don't know if you know what a headbolt no heater is. No idea what that is. I didn't either. Uh, the apartment complex we lived at, you drive up to it and it looks like a lot of electrical outlets. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's great to maybe uh, vacuum out your car or whatever. And the first freeze that happened, I found out what I needed. I needed to go get a headbolt heater. And what that is, is you plug them in to warm your car up. It warms the engine up. To total start? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I had no idea what that wow. was. So so I had to learn the hard way. I had to walk to work one day because yeah. my car wouldn't start. So, But anyway, that was a very interesting time. So y'all lived back. there. The eight months was over the winter, I guess. Yes, okay. yes from July through... March. Some, okay. Like okay. That. Yeah. So, so y'all yep. did it. Yep. Then wow. we came back to Lubbock. So okay. we lived there for a while. And, but, uh, I spent, uh, probably 20 years in the business world okay. in Lubbock and San Angelo, uh, Dallas area, Houston the first time. Okay. And, um, so we, Moved around a whole lot. Yeah. And then... Uh, we, Just because of your job? Right. Okay. Right. I had different jobs <laughs> okay. in banking and insurance. Okay. And okay. So I did that for a long time. And then um, then I felt a call into ministry. Wow. And I did... Uh, went to... Let's see. Where did that take place? That took place up in the in Kilgore. I was working for a bank mm-hmm. and got involved in a church. And a pastor just one day just asked me, he said, have you ever thought about ministry? Wow. I thought, well, no, not really. Right. And more time, we started talking about it. He gave me a book. It was called Halftime hmm. by Bob Buford. Okay. And basically, that book says the first half of your life, it's a uh, quest for success. Mm-hmm. And the second half of your life is quest for significance. Mm. So at that time in my life, that's really what was happening. Wow. My first half was the business world mm-hmm. and all that it entailed. And... Um, the last job I had in the business world I actually got uh, laid off. Wow. Because uh, there was different things going on, and they basically just laid off our whole department. Wow. So I didn't know, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of uh, waited around, tried to figure out what to do. And uh, then when we did move to Kilgore, that's when I figured out my halftime began. Wow. Which was in February of, um, uh, let's see, when was that? February of... Uh, 1999. Okay. Was when that happened. Wow. And then my uh, halftime was between there and April of 2000. Okay. And that's when I didn't really have much going on. And then that was my call into ministry was April of 2000. Wow. So that's when my quest for significance started. So So what did that look like? What did you, what did you step into? I stepped into a position at First Baptist Church Kilgore. Okay. And uh, God has a sense of humor. He does. He put me into a children's ministry position. No way. And children, I thought, oh my gosh, me, I was in my 40s. Yeah. 
thinking, okay, is that something I want to do? But what uh, the church wanted me to do, they said, let's just try it out. So I went kind of part-time mm-hmm. at Regions Bank and then part-time with uh, the ministry at First Baptist. And, and all of a sudden I thought, you know, this is all right. I think I'm going to do this. That's so, really fun. So I started doing that. And then that uh, kind of moved into evangelism. I got involved with evangelism at that church. Okay. So it was it was a blessing looking back. I mean, that's what God used yeah. to get me started in ministry. And and uh, then from there, uh, we moved here to Houston. Okay. In 2003, I got called to another church okay. just down the street from here. Okay. And was there for a while. And okay. So that's kind of how my ministry started. That's awesome. And, yeah. Wow. So how long have you been, how long have y'all been at Sagemont? We've been here since 2017. So okay. about six years. Okay. Yeah. And um, I know... Uh, just your heart for service and evangelism and people meeting Jesus. And Mm -hmm. a huge way you do that is you serve in our Connection Center. Yes. Every Sunday at 930 for the 930 service, you're in there. And um, talk a little bit just about why that why that place is important, why that's the place you choose to serve on Sundays. Okay. Actually, the way that started when I first came here to Sagemont, uh, I knew John Mark Benson mm-hmm. was here, and we go way back. Oh, okay. First time I was in Houston, uh, we were at Metropolitan Baptist Church, okay. and that's where he came from. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I got saved. Really? It was at that church. Yes, I was a late bloomer yeah. as far as being being a, a Christ follower. But uh, at that time, going back to the Metropolitan Baptist Church, that's kind of where I grew. Wow. I learned more. I knew that... I knew all about Christ. Did you grow up in a Christian home? I did not. Okay. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I felt like I was a good dad, a good husband, a good person, but I knew something was missing. Wow. And it wasn't until then that I figured out that something missing was actually someone. Yeah. And that someone was Jesus Christ. And so I invited him into my heart. This was in uh, July of 1994. Okay. Which is when I was going to the Met. So That's cool. But anyway, yeah, I met John Mark at that time. And uh, when I... Came here in 2017. I knew he was here, mm-hmm. so I got with him, and uh, and he was in the Connection Center. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So uh, I said, "Well, hey, that's right up my alley. That's, that's what awesome. I'd love to do." So yeah. uh, got it. Got with him, and I've served there ever since. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yes, really cool. So, um, was Cindy a believer? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, she was so, a believer. She yeah, accepted Christ as a as a child. Yeah. And. Uh, she put up with me for all those Man, years. So so cool when I, and I'm sure and I'm guessing, but I am sure that she was praying for you. I'm sure she was for years yes. and years, and then to see the Lord, yes, follow, go after you and you accept and say yes to that. She had to just be overjoyed oh, yes. at what yes. that looked like. And then all kinds of things happened. Going back a little bit, uh, First Baptist Kilgore. Uh, Cindy didn't know this, but we were on, it was on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. and. Um, the, the pastor made an invitation on a Sunday night and and I got up and went down and Cindy was kind of looking at me thinking, oh, my gosh, what are you what are you doing? Right. And so I went down and rededicated my life mm. because I knew some things were going on and I just wanted to make yeah. sure that I was sincere about my decision and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it kind of goes back to my baptism mm. uh, when I came to another church. This goes back to uh, Rowlett, Texas. Oh, wow. And uh, that church there, in order to join it, they said you needed to be baptized. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay. They didn't talk to me about salvation. Well, they said you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. Yeah. So I thought, okay, yeah. 
Sign right. me up. Baptize me. Right. But I finally understood that I just got wet. Yeah. So um, anyway, when I went down to rededicate my life in, at First Baptist Kilgore, I said, I want to be baptized scripturally. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So yeah. I rededicated my life, got baptized then, and that's, that's awesome. the one that meant something. I love that so much because I think people walk around all the time filling those tugs to their heart, the Lord pulling them, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, we need to get this right. and We need yes. to have this right relationship. But as adults, we walk around with but I'm already doing all the things. What are people going to think mm-hmm. if I go and say, hey, I didn't actually have this right or I need to do this thing. And man, it's so much more important to say yes to the Lord than worry about what it's going to look like. Yes. And at First Baptist Kilgore, I was already plugged in. Yeah. I wasn't on staff yet, but I was already serving, right. doing things. But I remember waking up one night and God basically kind of speaking to me through the Bible saying, yeah. Ron, you need to get that right. Mm-hmm. And and that was kind of my fear was, what are people going to think? Right. I'm plugged in. and and uh, But I just thought, no, I'm going to do it. That's right. And I did it. And I'm so glad. And I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. And looking back, that's a great thing. Plus, it's a great testimony to Absolutely. other people. Because I, yes. I know a lot of people, and they come in the Connection Center. Yes. And they say, oh, yeah, I've been baptized. But once you dial it down, were they really saved? Before they were baptized, right. and we had so we've had so many conversations Lots. like that, mm-hmm. because and then I tell them my story mm-hmm. that actually I was baptized three times. Yeah, once as a child when I was an infant. Yeah, my parents wanted me to be baptized, sure. mm-hmm. and then the next time at a church that said you have to be baptized to join. Right, and then the third time was the one that was the one that counted. Yeah, it was biblical baptism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. That's an ama- that is an amazing testimony mm-hmm. that you get to share, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, Okay, so you said dad. So tell us kids. Okay. What kids do you have? Where's yes, everybody? I've got uh, two daughters. Okay. 36, or going to be 36 the end of this month, and 33. Okay. And then I have six grandchildren. Do you really? I do. Each one has three. Wow, so people say it's the best. It's great. It That's really so is. fun. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And the last one was born two weeks ago. <gasps> no way. Congratulations. Yeah, my That's first grandson. So, so, so the you have two girls. daughters two and daughters. then. Five granddaughters and, and now one a gr- grandson. Oh, that little boy. Going to be spoiled. Oh, he's going to be so very loved. But I keep saying, what, am, what are we going to do with the boy? I know. What are we going <laughs> to do with the boy? Yes. Yeah. It would, as someone that has four daughters, we talk about that all the time. We're like, yeah. if one of you has a boy, we're, none of us are going to know yeah. how to handle it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's had, so fun. There was somebody that asked us or asked my daughter, well, what, what's different about yeah. uh, changing or having a boy, <laughs> yeah. she was, well, so far, only one thing. That's, that's right. pretty much, you know, what that one that's thing it. is. That's it. Yes. Really it. For two, the first two weeks, yeah. that's about it. That's it. That's, that's it. awesome. Oh, that's yeah. so fun. Grandkids. Yeah. But uh, great. one daughter lives in uh, Columbus. Okay. And married there. And then three grandkids. The other one lives in San Antonio. Okay. And so not far. In, in nope. Texas. That's nice. And my wife goes there a lot. I She's bet. just totally into the grandkids. And, yeah. And she's a teacher. Okay. Uh, she teaches at uh, Beverly Hills Intermediate. Okay, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Uh, and every summer, if I want to get to see my wife, I have to go either to San Antonio or to Columbus. That's where she is. Kind of makes sense. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Now, um, are you still in ministry and doing ministry things now? I am. Okay, so what, is, yes. what are you doing now? I am a uh, executive director of operations for Marketplace Chaplains. Here in the Houston area. Okay, what is that? Okay, it is a workplace chaplaincy. 
where we go into businesses and uh, we're there for the employees and their families. But what we do is we get to know them. We get to uh, build up that relationship and build up that trust. And then we always like to say it's not if something's going to happen, it's when. Mm -hmm. When something happens, we're right there for them. And we're there to walk through it with them. And we come about it from a Christian perspective. And uh, but we're there for everybody. It what doesn't matter if they're Christian, atheist, Hindu, right. Muslim, mm-hmm. Buddhist, faith, no faith. They're people. Yeah. They have problems. They have issues. Mm-hmm. So we want to be there to offer them hope right. and care and concern and let them know that, hey, we're here for you. How can I help? How mm-hmm. can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. And, and in the workplace, uh, as we know, a lot of people just work, 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 work. Yeah. And that's all they do. When they mm-hmm. get finished working, they go back home and maybe eat, go to bed, read the paper, or not not the paper anymore, but <laughs> watch the news or whatever it may yes. be, or a good Netflix or uh-huh. whatever it is, and then go to bed and get up and start the next day. Right. So, um, and then weekends, yeah, they either spend with their family or do different things. They don't go to church. Right. Mm-hmm. So we sometimes we're the only Jesus that these wow. people get to see. So we take that seriously as yeah. well. But we have all kinds of companies. We have about um, 40 chaplains in the Houston area. Wow. And we have about 2,500 chaplains nationwide. That is, so, I've never heard of that kind of a business, yeah. that kind of a ministry that goes into yes. businesses. But that is really oh, cool. It is such a blessing. We don't know what's going to happen every day. I'm sure. Because there's crises that happen. And uh, we've had, I could tell you all kinds of stories about Absolutely. that. But all kinds of situations. But... But we're the hands and feet of Jesus out there in the workplace. What a really cool thing. Yeah. That's really neat. I love that that's happening yes. in our world. Yes. That's really, really great to yeah, know. So we're growing. We, yeah. And we grew so much through COVID. I bet. Because a lot of things were happening. And then now that COVID's over, there's a lot of uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of loneliness, a lot of PTSD, yeah. those type of situations. So. Uh, we have lots of people that are going through those situations, and right. we're there for them. Yeah. We help them walk through them. Absolutely. So, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And then another ministry I'm involved in, too, is the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Okay. I'm on their rapid response chaplain team. Cool. So what we do is whenever a an event happens, uh, Hurricane Ian, remember, remember when mm-hmm. that happened in mm-hmm. Fort Myers, Florida, or on that Gulf Coast? I went down there, and uh, I was deployed for about a week. Wow. And was a chaplain. Okay. And we're chaplains for Samaritan's Purse. Okay. And the homeowners and the first responders and whoever wow. needs to be helped down yeah. there. Yeah. So I get to do that. That's so, really neat. Yeah, it's a great ministry. And actually, I'm being deployed. I'm leaving uh, the 21st of this month to go to um, just east of Oklahoma City. Okay. There was a big tornado. That yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go there for a week. Okay. To be a chaplain. So, but wow. I enjoy doing that, just being there for yeah. people and, and listening to them mm-hmm. and hearing their story and then being the hands and feet of Jesus yeah. again. It's what I do work-wise. It's what yeah. I do with Billy Graham. Yeah. It's what I do in the Connection Center, so yeah. it kind of just all ties together. That's and so neat. I just thank God every day that, that He can use me that way. Yeah. So, yeah. so neat. And to think that it's all those years ago that you said yes to a different, doing something different, and Him yes. leading you in a different direction to see yes. where you are and the impact you're making for the kingdom is yes. amazing. Yeah, and I can look back thinking when I had to make that decision, the time I was laid off from my job, yeah. and then looking at ministry. I have an op- I had an opportunity to go to Phoenix, Arizona mm-hmm. with a with a company. Right. And what if I would have done that? I keep mm-hmm. looking back, oh my gosh, you know what how would our lives be different? Right. Yeah. But uh, God led me to 
get into the ministry, stay at First Baptist Kilgore, and then move on from there. And yeah, that's really cool. Here I am today. Where there I'm at. So, I know, and yeah. we're so thankful. We're so mm-hmm. thankful you're here. Okay, so let's talk pastor search team for just a second. Okay. Um, in this process, uh, outside of the asking the Lord for God's person, okay. which we know we're doing, okay. going through this process, what's the other thing that you really are asking the Lord to do through this process? I would say uh, help us be patient, mm. help us trust in the process, because it is. It's yeah. not something that we can just go and hey, we get a couple resumes and, okay, let's, let's just choose this one. Right. No, there's so much to it. I've never been on a pastor search team before. Okay. So uh, the training, uh, the people involved is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to go through. And then the prayer. Prayer is so yeah. very important. You know, you can get in, in a hurry and just rush, rush, rush. And I'm kind of that way. I like to just get right to the point. Okay, okay. what do we got to do? But we've got to pray. Yeah. And we spend time doing that. And it's just fun to see uh, the team members come together. We're a very diverse group. Yes. And just seeing us come together and pray and and learn together. Mm-hmm. And um, and then here soon, we're going to start that process and just keep it going. And, right. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how God's going to use yeah. Everybody, I love that. Really thinking yeah. about being patient in the yes. process yes, is super important because it is one of those. We want it. We know we're a society now that we're like, we want it right now. That's right. Let's get it done right now. That's and right. a lot of times in our own strength, we can get things done quickly. Right. Doesn't mean rightly. Right. But we can get things done quickly. And so having to go, okay, this is not something we want done in our own strength. Yep. We want the Lord in control of this. So we are going to be patient. And, yes. and, and walk with him through yes. that process. And it's his timing. Yeah. I mean, we want to, sometimes you think, well, we need to do this within six months. Right. That's we, not, we I mean, can't, that, yeah. we can't do that. We can't say that. We, That's that, right. that might be a goal. Sure. But uh, we've got to trust the process, right. be patient and just wait because God's already got that man mm-hmm. picked out. We just yep. have to go find him. That's right. And how long that's going to take? Don't know. We don't know. So, but just and we want forward. that that man yes. to be in the right season. Exactly. That God has him in when it's the right time for him to say yes. Right. And so we're like, God, you take as long as you need to get him prepared yes. and for us to be prepared. And yes. then in your timing, that's when it'll be. I think that's important right. too. Our church needs to be prepared. Absolutely. And if if the time isn't right, maybe we're not ready or that's maybe right. we haven't found the right man yet or, mm-hmm. or that person's not ready or their family's not ready. That's so right. And we just have to trust that process. Yeah. And just we all has to. to come together. Yeah. And it's only it's a God thing. It is. Only God can do Which that, is super so. exciting. It is. And we have to remember that we're getting to be a part of his process, the Lord's process, and that That's is right. exciting that he's invited it us is. into it. Yes. And not get the anxious or the let me just do this part of it, but just Correct. to rest in the patience and the excitement of we get to see what God does. Yes. That's which right. is really cool. It which is. is really, really yeah. cool. So we are Sagemont is in a season of prayer right, right. now. Um, our fifty seven days of prayer from right. Easter to our fifty seventh anniversary on June fourth. And um so we really have been praying together as a church body, um, and even Every day on our own, but Mm -hmm. together through the 57 days of prayer, praying for specific things. And so one of the things I'm asking people is just tell me a little bit about your prayer life, how that's ebbed and flowed over the years, where you're at right now with just your prayer life. Okay, sure. I kind of have a unique way of starting my prayer life or my prayer. I don't do it every day. I don't think it needs to be something that I'm forced to do. Mm -hmm. It's something I want to do. And I do it at different times of the day. 
There's some mornings I do it. There's some afternoons I do it. And there's mm-hmm. some evenings I do it. I always like to say I want to be flexible and adaptable. Mm. And because the way what I do, it, I have to be flexible, adaptable in my work, sure. in my ministry. So, right. um, but I have a kind of a strange way of doing this, but I'll kind of explain this. And it goes back yeah. to my days with Carlsbad. Okay. And the caverns, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been, have you ever been to the caverns. Okay. Yes. At the, at the top, you have two choices. You can either walk down to get down to the, to the bottom, mm-hmm. or you can take an elevator. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I go through this in my mind that I'm up on the elevator and I'm getting ready to uh, get with God and to pray. So what I do, and I picture this in my mind, I press the elevator button and I go down. So basically what I'm doing, I'm leaving the world mm-hmm. and all the things going on, the phones, the, everything right. just happening. Distractions, yeah. And going down, 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 down. And then I get to the bottom, into the depths of the earth. And I picture that as the depths of my soul. Mm-hmm. So when I do that and push that button, I always say, okay, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. So when I'm going down, I put all that behind me and have that in front of me. And then that's when I start praying. So... That way, I know That's the Holy awesome. Spirit's inside of me, and that, and it's kind of one on one. Right. You know, we're we're talking, and that's when I start my prayer. Yeah. Preparing your heart for that time. Yes. It's because important. if I don't do that, oh my gosh, the phone could go off, right. or something could happen, and I just try to do that. I I can't do that every time. Yeah. But that's one of the things yeah. I do. I love that. There <clears> is <throat> that. Sometimes we just jump right into the praying. Yes. Which God hears us. Thank goodness He's gracious and kind with us. Yes. Um, but I think there is that even preparing mm-hmm. your heart yes. for that time. I yes. love that. And the way I do this, too, I, I have a devotional that I really mm-hmm. like. And I've used a different different ones through the years. Uh-huh. But the one I use now, it's uh, Sarah Young's Jesus Calling. Mm. And it's very simple, but so important. And, and I can think of, I'll just use one example of one thing that I still use in my ministries when I'm talking to people or what the focal point is. I still remember this one devotional and it's picturing a ballerina or an ice skater. Mm-hmm. You know how they spin? Yes. You always wonder oh, how they do that because yeah. they get so dizzy. You right. would think they would, but they have a focal point where right. they have mm-hmm. to look up and if they look up and put their focal point on something, they can spin, 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 and they don't get dizzy. Mm-hmm. And the way this devotional said is if we do that ourselves, if we focus on a point, which would be Jesus, and focus on Him and not the world, we'll be okay. But if we don't, if we take our eyes off that focal point, the craziness, the world, everything that's going on, it's going to get us dizzy, confused, and we take our eye off of that, then... You know, we're, right. not, we're not any good. But yeah. I'll always remember that devotional. Yeah. Because just keep our focal point. Fix our eyes, as the Bible tells us. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. So that's, that's what we have to do. That's a good encouraging word for all of us to mm-hmm. just remember. Focus on Him. Mm-hmm. Fix our eyes on Him. And then I watch all kinds of, I've got one, um, let's see, who is it? Paul Tripp. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of Paul Tripp. Mm-hmm. Out of Philadelphia. He's got a Wednesday's Word. I look at that, and there's some devotions I always use as well with right. people when I talk yeah. with them. And then I like to watch uh, different uh, pastors on TV or 
on the internet and just hear the word different ways. Um, I've got my favorites, but yeah. I try to listen to all kinds. So, That's great. Yeah. That's good. Hearing it from lots of different places is a, yes. is a good thing. Yes. Love, love how God uses his people to encourage us and yes. point us towards him and his word, which is really, really good. Right. Well, Ron, thank you so much sure. again for coming and hanging out today sure. and just sharing it. your story and sharing your heart. And guys, when you see Ron walking around, go up, introduce yourself, say, hey, if you have other questions about um, his ministry and what he's doing or just his heart, reach out. He, y'all, he's such a lovely man. He would love to chat with you. Um, and you can all, we can always find you at yes, 930 always, in the Connection Center. And 1115, actually, both of them. Okay, like to be there you're both in there. Times, That's so. amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So he's in the Connection Center, so you can come and say hello. And also, just tell him thank you for um, serving the Lord by serving Sagemont Church through this process. So mm-hmm. um, thanks for hanging out today. Sure. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. I hope you have enjoyed Table Talk. Uh, it's such a joy to get to spend time with you. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.